Welcome to The Fibre Frontier, a podcast for the mohair and cashmere industries of Australia. I'm your host, Mark Ferguson. I started farming goats over 30 years ago with my brother, Tim, and since then, they've had various roles in the industry. This podcast is supported by AgriFutures and the goat fibre producers of Australia. Our focus here is to tell the great stories of all those dedicated people involved in the industry and inspire new people to enter the industry. Okay, let's get into it. G'day and welcome to the Fibre Frontier. This is episode number one, a brand new podcast coming to you with the support of AgriFutures. I'm Dr. Mark Ferguson, CEO here at NextGen Agri, and uh, great to have this podcast kicking off, which is all about fibre goats, angoras and cashmere goats focused on Australia, but we'll go broader than that with this podcast to bring in the experts across the globe, as well as those out there producing fibre goats. Across across the many regions where that occurs, uh, I guess from today, I really wanted to give you my background, give you a bit of feel for who's going to be talking in your ear. A background in, in fact, angora goats were my first love in terms of fibre animals. That's where I really got really interested in in fibre production, and uh, went on to do a lot more work in merinos, but uh, still have. Still keen on the angora goats, and my brother is still still farming them with his his family there at Hopeton, where it all started. So yeah, back in 1989, I think it was, we started in angora goats. Family friends of ours, Lois and Ian Roberts, were selling out, uh, well, uh, selling the farm. So they had a clearing sale. We were there. My brother Tim and I were there to help set up for that clearing sale, and and the angora goats were going up as part of that sale. Uh, somehow we managed to convince our grandparents and parents that. It was a good idea if we purchased some of them. At the for the, anyone that knows much about the industry knows that about then the industry couldn't get much lower. It was just after the big bust of when uh, yeah when animals had gone from very expensive to to very cheap. I think we probably think we might have bought them for fifteen bucks a head or something, and uh, and started out. So that was my two brothers and I made that uh, original purchase. We not long after that bought. My oldest brother Brett out of that uh, that venture, he got out while the going was good, uh, and and the way we went, uh, we were very fortunate to have Lois and Ian still around, and Ian was an engineer, so he built all sorts of kit to handle uh, help handle the goats, a um, shaking table for the mower classing, and uh, gear to help shear them, and a whole heap of stuff. So we were lucky to we could again secure a lot of that gear as well that was purpose-built, uh, so we were uh, in a very fortunate position. We are also lucky to be surrounded by lots of other breeders who taught us a lot. We were, I think I was uh, I was 12 at the time, 11 or 12, when we started. My brother was, uh, Tim was a couple of years younger, so we were pretty young starting out and obviously had the support of mum and dad and, and pa and mama as well at the time on the farm. But, uh, yeah, so we, we were lucky to... Down around Horsham, there's quite a few breeders, and some of them are still there, or, or uh, particularly the ladies are, are still there. Um, but yeah, we were we were lucky in Victoria to have a, a strong group of breeders that would help and support us. So we learned a lot and started breeding away. We started with obviously Australian genetics, and not long after we got going, there was the release of the Texan and South African imports. So there'd been a lot of investment in genetics coming in from those two countries, and we were yeah learning a lot. I guess animals were trading for a fair bit of cash back then because of their uniqueness, and we were sort of sitting off the back of that. 
getting what we could at, at a price we could afford as as kids. Pete Fulyun was uh, was a contact we'd made over there from a sort of chance visit as we we're driving. Nisha and I were on a on a uh, bit of a holiday in in South Africa, and we were driving between a couple of places. And I just sort of looked up in the Mohair Journal and randomly picked a spot and ended up visiting Pete, and we ended up forming a good relationship and ended up bringing out purchasing does in in South Africa and purchasing bucks as well and you know, making embryos and getting them sent over. Uh, that's a good way to send your grey early or lose hair, hair early, pretty stressful, a lot of money for a couple of, by then we were probably, might have been at university, but still pretty young. Uh, and anyway, we brought out those embryos and that was a really great experience and, and really shifted the dial, I reckon, on, on the genetics there. And as as others have and had as well, a variety of different importations and a lot of people yeah, trying to get the, the best genetics out. Uh, back then, I also, well, a bit after that, we started the SIR evaluation site for, uh, it was actually funded by RIRDC, which is the predecessor to AgriFutures, and we evaluated, I think, 12 or 13 or 14 bucks from across Australia, which is which was uh, really interesting. Um, Doug Stapleton had done a lot of work to start to measure these animals as a, as a few others as as well, but it was still a generally, I guess, kind of phenotypic selection-driven industry and, and probably hasn't shifted a long way from that to date, but it is certainly moving moving towards a more measurement focus. But the SIR evaluation was an opportunity to look at the, the variation, the genetic variation that existed within the, the bucks that were used in industry uh, with the aim of eventually starting uh, a proper genetic evaluation. Um, various bits and pieces have got going over time, but that's something that we'll we'll definitely, definitely talk about a lot more in this podcast and how we can get, uh, I guess, more of a focus on not just the production traits but also the welfare traits and how we start to select for them. I guess before we get into what we do currently, I'll yeah, just continue the story, I guess, but have spent some time on the Mohair Australia board uh, throughout those years and also the uh, MO board, the Australian Mohair Marketing Organisation based out in Narandra. So being involved in both those organisations at various times, had a, a long uh, connection to Bruce McGregor, who's Australia's sort of premier goat researcher, or probably only goat researcher of any um, that's done it for for his career. So great, uh, he was involved in the site evaluation and, and used those animals for lots of different work. And uh, yeah, as a as a pretty prolific writer and researcher in the area. So uh, yeah, it was great. I actually, did work experience with him when I was in maybe year ten or something. Went down to Werribee, where he's based at the time, and was involved in. Oh, Spent a week with him down there, which was, which was great, and maybe that yeah sort of helped foster what ended up being a research career for a fair while, uh, and yeah, spent some spent some time there. Um, we've done the we've done the judging thing. I've judged lots of shows around the place. I haven't uh, probably as recently as a couple of years ago judged Christchurch show, but I've judged shows in Western Australia, Victoria, New South Wales. And around the place, so I'd like to think we know a little bit about Angora goats. Haven't had a lot to do with Kashmir, but we will talk Kashmir on this podcast as well. Uh, obviously, both of those uh, Kashmir comes off any non-selected goat, really. Um, but 
but to get any yield, you need to select them for. It's the it's the under undercoat as as most people will know. Um, beautiful again, both these fibers are beautiful fibers in their own right. Um, with with different different garments being the being the purpose of those different or being the focus of those different fibers. But yeah, this podcast is going to cover both of those both of those uh, fibre production areas. Yeah, I guess both industries have sort of had boom and bust over over the last few decades. In Australia, and are now just building as sort of commercial opportunities, really, and that's the focus of of the work we're doing with AgriFutures with this podcast. As part of that work, we've also got the Gateway, the Gate Fiber Gateway, which is uh, which is going to be a place where we refresh a lot of the industry information and really drive a lot of of the known information, and, and a place where we can get together and and talk about the challenges and and learn from each other and uh, and really. I guess fire up the the industry as as much as as much as possible. So that's gateway.goatfiber.com is where you'll you can get on there. It's all all going to be free. All get in there and a uh, range of information and and a range of support. So um, recommend anyone listening to jump in there. Uh, since yeah, I guess since or throughout that my career as as I moved away from home, which was in the uh, northwest Victoria in the Mallee. Uh, moved uh, in the first instance, moved not too far from there, so Hamilton, so you could sort of get back for shearing and doing a bit of bit of the work as well, and attend shows and attend events and that sort of stuff. And and yeah, so while started my early career, still involved, and then eventually moved to Western Australia, where it became too hard to to be directly involved. So then uh, Tim and Marianne and and then JC once JC was about. They've sort of taken over the goats at, at home, and um, numbers have fluctuated up and down over the years, but they're still there, which is which is great. Uh, yeah, I went to Western Australia to do a PhD in in merino genetics. My passion for fire production, which stemmed from those angoras, was uh, has become quite strong. And yeah, now I spend my days in genetics. We've always been interested in breeding stuff right from those early days uh, when we started out in the angoras. Um, before that, we'd had budgies and whatever um, birds and all sorts of stuff at home, uh, and yeah, been always been interested in breeding stuff. So now we run a company called Next Gen Agri, where we do consulting for for livestock producers, uh, sheep, beef, and goats, where we help with genetic strategies, a little bit of nutrition, but predominantly we focus on helping people breed better, better stock, and that's. From across a range of aspects, I think what we like to, I guess, focus on is not just the performance outcomes, also the welfare outcomes, and how the genetic components of that come together to to breed an animal that produces labour, uh, has higher welfare, and obviously produces the great fibre and the great meat that that the animals are are built for. So, um, yeah, that's what we do these days. We've got a team across Australia and New Zealand working on that uh, and a small part of that team will be working with me on this AgriFutures project which is going to be fantastic. So we're looking to within this podcast and within the project generally is to yeah, tell the stories of those people out there who are who are producing either cashmere or, or mohair and and hear from them as well as the trade people that are buying the stuff, people that are processing these fibers, and yeah, and try and get a really good look across those those industries. And and as as you all know, it's the stories of the people in the industry that are that are fantastic. The our our other podcast, Head Shepherd, 
focuses mainly on on sheep and beef, and uh, here at here at uh, the Fibre Frontier, we're going to focus on on goat fibres. So yeah, we'll have slightly different stories in these two different two different podcasts. And uh, yeah, but I think as we all know, the people that are really passionate out there about about producing the animals they do, and it's great to get those stories on record. That's probably enough for me for episode one, a short and sweet one. That's just to let you yeah, get to get to know me a little bit. We'd love to hear from you if you've got ideas on on who would who should come on the podcast. If maybe that's you, or maybe that's someone you know, maybe it's a relative or or whoever it is. It'd be great to to hear those stories. You can contact us by sending an email to info at nextgenagri.com. That's N-E-X-T-G-E-N-A-G-R-I.com, info at nextgenagri.com, or send one directly to me, mark at nextgenagri.com, uh, or jump on the on the Goat Fiber Gateway and and make a comment there, or uh, which is where you might be listening to. You might have heard about this podcast from there, but definitely keen to hear your stories, hear your thoughts. So, uh, yeah, get involved and and uh, let us know if you'd love to love to have a chat. It's uh, it's quite painless and it's a lot of fun generally to to t- ch- chat uh, chat about fiber goats. All right, that's it for for today. We'll uh, be back with an episode with a real guest and and a, and a more interesting story next time. Cheers. Well, that's it for today's episode of the Fiber Frontier. If you liked it, make sure you share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. If you get a moment to like and review, that would be fantastic. This helps the message go wider. Quick reminder, if you haven't already discovered the Goat Fiber Gateway, it's the home of all things fiber goats and a great place to find information, whether you've been doing it for 50 years or you're just thinking about getting into it. Links to the Gateway are in the show notes. We'll see you next episode.